All right. Well, welcome back to the Awakening Innovations podcast. I'm Michael Barnes, your host. And this is a podcast where we talk to people who have cool solutions to a variety of different problems, and they're all cool people as well. So today we are lucky to have uh, Dennis with us. Um, he has a, a great story. He and I have been doing some things together, um, and he's going to tell you about it. So with that, I'm going to throw it over to Dennis. Tell us who you are, and we'll move into your cool solutions. Thanks, Michael, and thanks for inviting me on. As Michael alluded to, we've known each other for a couple of years uh, now, and we came together through some interesting circumstances. But let me just tell you who I am and what I do. I am the founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of a award-winning global media website called bizcatalyst360.com. Uh, that's what I do for a living, and it connects the dots later on with uh, where we spend most of our time. So mm -hmm. I can just jump right into that, Michael. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Let me give you a little backstory. My uh, my wife and I are, have been were really blessed with a lot of success early in our careers, which gave us the opportunity to effectively retire quite young. And this goes back about a dozen years ago. <clears throat> So it's like the old analogy of the dog chasing the car. You finally catch the car. Now what do you do with it? <laughs> Here we sit, uh, time on our hands, uh, financially sound. Um, what do we do with it? So we decided after a lot of deep discussion, we wanted to divide our time into three buckets. One, and probably the most important one, giving back. And when I say giving back, I don't mean just writing checks. I'm talking about time, talent, and treasure and I'll come back to involved yeah exactly I'll come back to that one in just a minute second part of the bucket was traveling the world and the third thing was starting this uh, mega giant website which was never intended to be any more than a hobby but it's certainly grown in leaps and bounds mm -hmm. anyhow but the idea of the website was to keep our mind sharp stay connected with the world and meet good people and quite frankly Michael and I wouldn't be speaking today if it weren't for that so it yep. served its purpose so that was about a little over a decade ago. Well, here it is a decade later. <clears throat> we have traveled the world and we continue to do that. And because my, our website is virtual, we can do that from anywhere. So that's another blessing. Um, it's, it's morphed into this giant thing. We've got over 600 people on six continents and we've published over 20,000 articles. If I could just find one person with a laptop in Antarctica, I could do seven continents. So I'm <laughs> trying to do that, Michael, but yeah. Anyhow. Well, but, we'll see if we can do that. And and I just want to throw in real quick that I write for for your platform as well, because I, I think it's an awesome yeah. opportunity for me to get my word out as well as to support a, a great organization. Well, thanks for that. Yes, indeed. Uh, but the most important part of our story is that one I mentioned right up front, that's giving back. Um, as we rolled up our sleeves, we got involved again. We were traveling, we were getting involved in building a website, but we also wanted to get involved hands-on in the nonprofit sector. And that was the beginning of both uh, giving back, but also quite an education for us. And I'll cover both of those here. Uh, the first part, and this is an interesting di uh, dilemma, started reaching out across the Tampa Bay community. Let me back up and say the Tampa Bay community is an, a very, very generous giving community with nonprofits galore, but also <laughs> donors galore. 
a lot of big companies that are willing to help out. So we are not lacking for the nonprofit sector here. So we decided, you know, what's, what's our interest? Well, we thought we both had a real affinity for senior citizens, both seniors, not, not just because they're old people, but a lot of them are uh, homebound. They can't help themselves, right. what have you, and they're lonely. And so we, we started reaching out across Tampa to see if we could get more involved in that. And uh, ultimately, we stumbled upon something called Meals on Wheels. Many mm -hmm. people have that name. There's about 5,000 across the country. Most of them are independent. Well, the one in Tampa been around about 40 years. It is probably the second or third largest independent in the country. Independent means there's no government funding. We earn the money mm -hmm. every single day. Nice. We reached out to them, Michael, and said, look, here we are, here's what we want to do, can we help? And they said, well, we deliver meals to seniors and, and other people that are homebound. Well, do you have any openings? Well, we got a guy up in your area where you live and he's going to be out for two weeks. So if you wouldn't mind delivering his meals for two weeks until he comes back out of the hospital. And we said, sure. Well, that was almost a dozen years ago and we're still <laughs> delivering that same route. So uh, it pulled us in. And what I mean by that is we got closely connected with the cause. It was a good mission. We were meeting seniors and we learned very quickly, Michael. It wasn't so much about the food. It was about the social interaction. Right. Just knowing that Dennis and his wife were going to knock on that door once a week and spend time with them. And right. uh, amazing because we didn't know that. Anyhow, so we went on doing that. Then I Then we got deeper in. I got invited to join the board. I eventually chaired the board. My wife got involved in the office. I mean, through those connections, I, I joined two or three other boards. We got deeper and deeper into the nonprofit sector. So we were doing what we wanted. We were giving back. We were writing a check to these organizations. We were serving them and we were in the mud delivering meals or whatever else their mission was, which was great. Right. And you roll forward 10 years now and we started thinking about, you know, there's got to be more we can do uh, than just show up to board meetings and all that. And <laughs> as much as I said, we're blessed in the Tampa Bay area, Michael, I, I think about the nonprofits and I use two examples all the time. One is Boise, Idaho, which I happened to stumble upon many years ago. It's a small town in Idaho and they would kill to have the nonprofit right. uh, community that we have here today. And other ones are international, like Mumbai, India. Wouldn't they like to have the kind of robust Tampa Bay community of donors? Well, they don't. So we, we created a thought, and the thought was this. I would love to take everything we've learned about the technology of running a website and the technologies out there, and I would like to find a way before 2018 is over, and this was starting early last year, I want to find a way that I can say to any good nonprofit, and I emphasize that word <laughs> good, I want to be able to say to any good nonprofit anywhere in the world, if you need help, two things. Number one, we'll help you. Number two, we'll never charge you a dime. Well, that was a quite a grandiose thought. The question is, what do you do with it? So I did what any reasonable person would do, put together a one-page website, <laughs> defined, defined what I wanted to do, Michael, and I sent it to people around the nonprofit industry, both locally and nationally, said, look, is this idea crazy or what do you think? Right. I got some amazing feedback, uh, fundamentally saying it's a great idea, make sure you define what free is, and <laughs> God, God bless you because there's probably gonna be an avalanche when people understand it's real and it's free. Well, right. that was enough. <clears throat> we perfected it, we put it together. We thought our challenge would be gathering talent because it's one thing to say locally, we roll up our sleeves, 
but how can two people, my wife and I, as committed as we are, have the talent and the time to help people around the world? Well, I did what a reasonable person would do. I wrote an article and said, and published it on our big website and said, look, here's our vision. We want to give back published this article across the world, soliciting people that might want to step up. I am so thrilled to tell you, Michael, that as of today, we've got 60 people on board nice. that have rolled up their sleeves, including you, thank you, right. and willing to commit time, talent, whatever, virtually. When I say virtually, it is using all the technologies that we all know about. And so we launched that on and October. I'm sorry, if I can throw in real quick, you know, I've gone through the list of providers. And these are, you know, not small time people. These are national, international level type people. So it's a fantastic resource. We are blessed. We looked at these resumes, Michael, and we've got, first of all, we looked at every talent a small business would need because as we both know, it's nonprofit, <laughs> a small business. Um, and we've got a spreadsheet here and I just, I'm just amazed at the talent we've gathered. And, you know, two thirds of these people, we didn't know before we published the article. They came right. forward and said, we've always wanted to give back. What we can give is our time, but we don't have the ability because of our job, because of our family, to go to board meetings, to do what you do, but I can always lend my expertise. And that's how it started. We launched October 1st of last year. We just hit our first anniversary. Uh, nice. we've, had, we've had over two dozen engagements around the world. I cannot tell you how much we've learned because like many startups, and that's what we were, we were reinventing ourselves almost every week, trying to figure yes. out you know, how do we get find our niche? How do we get engagements? And by getting deeper into the nonprofit, <coughs> it didn't take long to meet people like you, Michael, and others that had a good heart, had a good passion, and we're just trying to make a difference. So we're up, we're running, we're doing well. Let me give you some of the lessons we've learned. Awesome. Um, we Whether it be that, nonprofit in Boise or whether it be that nonprofit in Mumbai what we didn't know that we discovered they're good they've got a great mission they got plenty of passion but what they don't have is what most profits crave and that's not just donations it's visibility beyond their local community yes so how does a nonprofit sitting there in Boise let us know in Tampa or you Michael there in Ohio know that you've got a good cause and they need help so we decided we would use the power of our big website and we started doing what we call world changer work interviews. We've now done almost three dozen of those. And basically we're saying to people that run a nonprofit, tell us your story, put it in the words you'd like to tell. And at the end of that story, tell us how people can help. We take that, we pretty it up, we publish it, we send it around the world. Two things happen. They get volunteers, they get donations and guess what? We get to know them a little better so then we can take it to the next level and say, now that we know who you are and what you do, <laughs> let's look at this catalog of talent we have and we help you. Yeah. Uh, primary need of help over the past year, believe it or not, has been board, board level engagement. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you've touched upon that, Michael, and what you do um, and what we've learned, uh, you know, one of the growing needs in America Child trafficking. I didn't realize that was so yeah. big, but over half of our engagements have to do with child trafficking. I didn't um, know that. I, I don't know. We've probably talked about it, but that was my actual first interest in the nonprofit arena was wow. anti-human trafficking. So That is a classic case, Michael, of a lot of cooks in the kitchen. If they just had bigger cooks or yeah. if the cooks would come together, the visibility would be there. Anyhow, so we learned that. Um, 
and since I've sat, I sit on three boards, I'm also learning from the inside out what some of the challenges are nonprofits. What that allowed us to do, Michael, as I kind of bring my introduction here to a close, is allowed us to then not just sit back and wait for nonprofits to come to us and do all the networking that we've done to get them, but to become more proactive. And we, we started down this path of what we like to call constructive disruption. And that right. means use our giant platform as a wake-up call to nonprofits, because I know you've bumped into this, Michael, and we've bumped a bit. There's just too many nonprofits serving the same communities, doing the same thing, fighting for the same dollars. And you would think the easy solution to that would be, well, let's just see if we can bring them all together. Well, now that's where you come into what everybody calls the silos. Yes. Uh, the egos versus the mission, where the ego is more important. Who's going to run this thing? And something, it's not another term we invented recently that you'll appreciate. We've bumped into what we call a lot of gaga boards. Gaga means go along and get along. Uh. Which means they show up at the board meeting, they look, look good on their resume, but let's not rock the boat. Let's not bring in these outside consultants that might want to shake us up a little bit and actually get us more focused on our mission. Let's not talk about consolidating because I like being in charge on this board. Sure. So we're now turning the tables after a year and saying we have the ability to communicate the story of nonprofits, but we have the communicate the, to influence the sector. It's young. It's an early initiative. I know you're doing some of the similar things, Michael, but you know, as long, our balance is always making sure that what we do is consistent with the greater good of the people out there that need these nonprofits. And as long as that's true, quite frankly, we don't care who we upset. <laughs> we are upsetting a lot of people, but we're also getting some attention, which is great. Uh, negative attention, but positive publicity because we are trying to shake the tree a bit. And a lot of that is a groundswell happening here in Tampa because we happen to be able to get it, sit down with people and talk about it. So won't right. be Michael, but it's been remarkable, remarkable experience. And I thought I knew a lot about nonprofits a year ago. I, my goodness, what, what, an, <laughs> what an education it's been. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I have enjoyed our interactions around the concept of uh, constructive disruption. I actually used that term. Uh, I was talking to the head of a major nonprofit here in Cincinnati and used that term. And he's like, Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for, uh, I mean, I, I kind of stole your term, but thanks for letting me steal it. I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, no, it's good. If we can spread the word by just defining it, the people know what that means. Now we just, what do they do with it? And, and that's going to be the challenge. I know you're having, we're having it, but we think we're on to something. So no longer are we sitting back waiting for clients. We're creating some, uh, energy around this whole thing and see where it takes us. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And you and I agree on a lot of things, obviously. And so, you know, the, the nonprofit sector needs some disruption. And you and I have talked about this. We've both published on it. And, you know, the it's interesting. So I see the dichotomy between not wanting to start new nonprofits. But the other side of that is there are people who have strong passion and they have to be offered opportunities beyond, you know, come work the phones at our nonprofit. And so the existing stable nonprofits need to figure out what to do 
so that people can actually do something that they consider useful. Um, and then they might be willing to join an existing nonprofit rather than start their own. Well, yeah, and as we touched upon, the existing nonprofits, they've got to be willing to rise above everything that gets in the way and the bureaucracy and the egos and think about what can we do collectively for the greater good of the people we're serving. I am thrilled to tell you, Michael, that there is a success story that we came upon here in Tampa. There's two large organizations that came together that were serving yeah same population and I cannot tell you how much that's helped us propel this theory because now we can point to a local couple of nonprofits that did what we said not because we said it but because they realized the greater good brought them together and they are just an ongoing success story and you know how valuable it is to say this is no longer just the theory <laughs> this is an action and if we can just point to these two people and say talk to them and see what happened to their community. It's a marvelous way to propel this initiative. So that's put a lot of fuel behind our rocket, if right. you will. So were you involved in bringing those two together, Dennis? Uh, we were. In fact, they reached out to us and said, here's what we want to do. And we knew these two nonprofits because we had volunteered for them, but they heard about what we're doing. It's a good, great question, Michael, because what they wanted, they wanted an outsider like us Right. to come in and help them figure out not just you know in some ways the easy part was merging the actual operations the hard part is communicating the why they were doing it how they were doing it and part of, and that was internal and external so right, i have yeah. to say they engaged us to do all their communications internally and externally and we learned a lot more we're still connected with them in fact i'm meeting with them again next week because they're looking to do some more of this kind of work Okay. And so if there were other nonprofits that, that had leadership that, you know, agreed with this concept that it'd be better to find somebody to merge with or in some manner to reduce the disparate functions and spreading the money across the sector, what would you tell them? I would say, number one, and whether it's the big guys or whether it's the small guys, sit back and look at, look at your community, look at where the gaps are, do your own survey, you don't need Michael and I to do it, look how many nonprofits are doing what you're doing today. This will work more effectively if you don't have Michael or Dennis coming in and saying, here's what we think is more effectively, if you, the nonprofit leader, reached out to one of your colleagues running a similar nonprofit and said, let's have lunch. Let's right. talk about how we can use your collective resources Again, Michael, as you know, that takes people willing to put the mission above everything else. And, right. you know, that's the way to go. And that will catch on. And then they can engage us like these other two did to say, now that we've come together with this lunch and we think we want to talk about it, engage us. We'll help you free of charge and you can't beat that price. <laughs> yes. And you have the, the track record and experience in. So that's great. Yeah. So it's just a, just been a remarkable, satisfying experience that we never dreamed of, Michael. And it, it rises beyond what we were doing 18 months ago, just doing what we do locally. And to be able to say, to, and I should say this, we now have a client in Mumbai, India. I don't have one in, not in Boise yet, but it, yeah. happened, it happened to be a Meals on Wheels started in somebody's living room in Mumbai. So as much as I use that example, it came true. Okay. Yes, and and uh, you probably know that there's a lot of sex trafficking out in Mumbai. That's oh, where yeah. our mega church has partnership 
related okay. to that. And so I was just curious. So, um, yeah, so I, I love your, your um, identifying a gap, the gap of needing to change some mindset and then your solution of finding ways to merge nonprofits so that they can do more together and stop. I, I actually have had a couple of conversations in the past couple of days where uh, people say, you know, the funding agencies wish that there were fewer and the people in the, in the arena wish that there were fewer so that they could get bigger and do more work. And so you're helping make that a, a reality. And I think that's awesome. Michael, you brought up a very good point. I don't want to let that one fly. And that is we've learned through talking with other nonprofit or for-profit nonprofit consultants, not like us. These are people that are in the trenches. They charge for what they do. But we're all coming together and having this dialogue now. And we believe, something you just touched on, that the best way to drive this is through the funding sources, the foundation. Yeah. You say, hey, yeah, we're going to write checks, but we don't want to look at 30 different nonprofits now. Why don't you all sit down and talk about the greater good, but if you can get a, one funder, one corporation, one bank, somebody that has a checkbook to get behind it, we think it's going to open the floodgates like we haven't seen before. Yeah, that's awesome. So I appreciate your time, Dennis, and I appreciate sharing your experience. So if someone wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, best way to do that is to come through our uh, our uh, social good website, which is goodworks360.com. Just go to that and all the contact information is there and that will lead you right to me. All right. Or they can reach out to me and I can get exactly. you in touch because I, I talk to or communicate with Dennis pretty much every week. Yep. Um, and we will put that link in the description of this podcast. And yeah, do you have any closing words? No, no, Michael, just thank you because, you know, I said this earlier, what the uh, nonprofits around the world that we deal with are lacking is visibility. Well, we could put ourselves in that. We're effectively a nonprofit. Right. And the more people that hear about what we're doing through your service and your podcast, the more people we're going to be able to touch. So I just can't thank you enough for that. Absolutely. And that's my purpose is to help, help you in this case to, uh, fulfill your purpose. So thanks very much, Dennis. It's been awesome talking to you.